And welcome along. It is Texas Money and Business. My name is Ron Taylor. Good to have you right here. It's always great to have Doug Parker as our host, Ambitious Radio Network, and always a great, compelling guest on the line. Doug, good to see you, and uh, it's all yours, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. It's it's so great to see you, Ron. And, you know, it's again, we, we've talked about this a few times, but the show, as we continue to do it, we're getting more and more experience and, and, and more and more listeners, and we get lots of good feedback and input. So appreciate all of all of that. If you want to uh, like us on Facebook, it's the Ambitious Radio Network. And if for some reason you miss a show, you can always go to iTunes and do the old podcast. We got that set up and got the shows on there. So just want to make everyone aware of that. This is actually, I think, our 11th episode already, so it's exciting stuff. We're going to talk about business, entrepreneurship, finance, do interviews with people that we think are interesting, and hopefully you'll get a lot out of it as well. And, you know, we couldn't do any of this without our sponsors. We've got free electricity, dfw.com, repairmycreditnow.com, and all3reports.com. That's all the number three, reports with an S.com. We'll talk about success principles and quotes, interview successful people in the business world. And it was kind of interesting, Ron. The other day, I got invited to, uh, to, to someone's uh, house, and, and it, was a, it was a different deal. The guy says, hey, look, I'm going to have Larry Gatlin over. And I was like, really? <laughs> and it was just one of these deals. I was like, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard of Larry Gatlin. I've seen him on Fox News a couple times over the years, but I hadn't heard any of his music since the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo days. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? I'll come and, and, and check it out, sure. So actually, it didn't wind up being in his house. It was in Grapevine at at a little uh, theater they have over there. Oh yeah, and it was a it was a it was kind of one of the one of the neatest deals I've been part of. So we go over there, and um, you know, it was an introduction. It was just an appreciation type event, and uh, Larry Gatlin was kind of the MC slash entertainer and told stories and and you know, sang some of the the songs that that were so popular back in the in the good old days. And you might have remembered the uh, All the Gold in California, I think, was one of their top hits. Sure. But uh, but it just kind of got me to thinking. And then, not more than a week later, I had one of my other friends invited me over to something here in, in McKinney. And, you know, that's that's kind of where I met our, our guest t- t- today. Um, John Christopher Davis, he's a, a multi-published Texas singer and songwriter and Americana artist. And he's really a true Texas entrepreneur and I got one question for you real quick. So, you know, guys with three names. So is it John? Is it John Davis? Is it John Christopher Davis? Mr. Davis, what do you want us to call you? Well, my friends call me JCD, and uh, I consider you a friend. So JCD works, and, and it's so funny. The reason I now go by John, J-O-N, Christopher Davis is years ago when I was uh, signed to Warner Brothers Records, they tried to uh, lock down the domain, johndavis.com, and it wasn't available. And they took my A&R guy, Danny Keats, turned to me and said, hey, man, what's your middle name? <laughs> it's Christopher. Okay, from now on, you are John Christopher Davis. <laughs> Get out of town. Well, I guess that's better than being named Dolly Parton or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny you mentioned that. Dolly Parton cut one of my songs many, many years ago. So uh, anyway, that, that's, that's how uh, – that's how I started using uh, my full name, and my mom was quite proud of that. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, I was wondering, you know, it's always kind of a weird deal as, as you kind of get to know folks, and, and I've got some some friends of mine that are radio per, radio personalities and such, and you get to talking to them, and they have this personality, and then you feel weird calling them something different than, you know, what they're what what, what you know them by. But, uh, well, that's interesting. You know, 
I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit, did a little bit of research, and you've got a very, very interesting story. And, you know, I know you're an entertainer, but much, much more than that, uh, as you kind of dig in. And you've really done a lot of different things over the years. But tell me, you know, just kind of as we get to know you, the man, JCD, the man, tell us about, you know, your yourself. Tell us about maybe some significant events in your life, things that you believe shaped your personality and your character. Mm. Well, <clears throat> I was raised by uh, uh, full-time musicians. Both my mom and dad were uh, great musicians and singers. And uh, so I kind of grew up in a guitar case, so to speak. Uh, early on, I was probably six years old when my parents decided to uh, go their separate ways. And my mom ended up becoming a Las Vegas lounge singer for pretty much my entire childhood. So I didn't see her that often. And, and my dad traded in um, playing at honky tonk dives for, uh, for being a music minister. And uh, so it made for an interesting upbringing with mom in Vegas and, and uh, dad in church every Sunday. So I, I, I got a real good mixed bag of, of music and it was always going on in our house. So especially, uh, Texas singer songwriters. And so I just kind of grew up thinking, well, that's, that is the norm. That is mainstream. And, uh, wasn't until many, many years later that, you know, I'm in school and I'm like, Hey, have you ever heard of this artist? Uh, like, you know, Guy Clark or <laughs> Rodney Crow or Towns Van Zant, And of course, all my friends are like, huh, what are you talking about? Uh, we listen to Van Halen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was an interesting uh, childhood, but I mean, that's kind of what, that's kind of what shaped um, at least uh, who I am musically is, is my mom and dad. And, um, and uh, very, very, uh, very proud of that. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well, so, so growing up, if, if your dad was a, was a music minister, so, so tell me what, what's one of your favorite, uh, maybe gospel songs or just, uh, just one of your favorite songs from, from church. Uh well, I, I consider How Great Thou Art to be an absolute masterpiece. Uh, of course, you know, everyone and their great-grandmother knows the song, but if you just break it down lyrically and melodically, it's just, I mean, it's outstanding. It just, you know, it's maybe that's the reason why it stood the test of time, but uh, that song always gets to me and uh, probably always will. I mean, that's, uh, what, a, what a beautiful phrase, How Great Thou Art. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, that's yeah. that's uh, one. I think I saw Carrie Underwood uh, do that at the uh, Grand Ole oh. Opry. And whoo, boy, she slayed it. Yeah, I, I saw her and Vince Kill do that one time. And it was just like, I mean, just pure chicken skin on your arms. I was like, oh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty unbelievable. I mean, you really have to have a set of pipes to, to pull that song off. And uh, certainly Carrie and Vince have those. Sure, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I've found in life, you know, with, with my kids specifically, I, I try to do my best to provide an environment where my kids maybe won't have some of the, the heartaches and hardships that I had, but I find that those heartaches and hardships that I had are kind of what's defined me and made me the man I am and, and, and do things the way I do it. But, you know, in, in growing up in that dynamic, Obviously, you're uh, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you and I have talked about it. you are the uh, you know prototypical entrepreneur, jump out into the uh, deep end without any floaties. And uh, so, you know, when you were growing up, are there any 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 hardships that really defined you that that, that just uh, toughened you up for for this uh, entrepreneurial world you're in? 
Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, I could bore you with all kinds of stories, but I, think I would say the most important one was when I moved to Nashville. Because um, I'm a Texas-born and bred boy and kind of grew up uh, in small towns um, uh, between uh, the Metroplex and West Texas. And But uh, I decided to move to Nashville. I was probably in my mid-20s, and I was living in Dallas at the time, and uh, playing in a cover band and uh, playing down in the West End, in the glory days of the West End. I don't know if you guys remember when that, that was like, you know, the happening place, you know, the, yeah. the West End, downtown Dallas. And, and it just, you know, I kind of got bored with it after about 10 years. And, you know, I just, you know, it dawned on me. It's like, you know, I was born to be a singer songwriter and that's really my passion. And, I realized one night, like, you know what, this is, I'm not in the music business. I'm in the whiskey business. This is about selling booze and making the cash register ring. This is not about, you know, someone coming out there and having their heart moved by, you know, a song you wrote. So I thought, well, you know, where can a songwriter go? It's either LA, New York, or Nashville. And uh, I thought, well, I can be in Nashville in about 10 hours. So uh, I, I'll, I'll choose Nashville. And, um, I was lucky enough to, uh, before I moved to Nashville, very fortunate to meet uh, another Texas songwriter, uh, Grammy Award winner, who uh, is from Houston, but he's been in Nashville for years. His name's Rodney Crowell, and Rodney took a, kind of took a shine to me and, and uh, took me under his wing, and that kind of gave me the confidence to move to Nashville. And, you know, when you move to Nashville, they call it a five-year town, which means you better, you know, <laughs> tighten up your belt and get ready to slug it out because it may be five years before you see your first dime. You know, I mean, the streets are littered with so much talent. And um, for me, it ended up being about a two and a half year town. I ended up getting signed by uh, Warner Chapel, which is the uh, publishing arm of Warner Brothers. And through that, this is a long winded answer to your question, but uh, through that, it taught me um, to kind of, toughen up and, and become thick skinned because music, as you know, it's subjective. One man's trash is another man's treasure. So if I write a song and I, and let's say you're my Doug, you're my publisher and I turn it into you and I'm super excited about it. I'm like, Hey, I think this would be a great song for uh, Martina McBride. Well, you may put that song on and go, Hmm, well, I don't hear it. And if I don't hear it, I'm not going to go pitch it. Right. So that puts that puts someone like me, I'm at the mercy of the way you hear a song. So uh, I kind of got frustrated, you know, turning in songs over and over and over again. I would, you know, and I would spend a lot of time writing and recording and singing these things. And, and um, you know, I would always hear, oh, I hear this artist or I hear that artist. And so when my publisher wasn't, when we weren't singing off the same page, I just said, well, you know what? What if I take matters into my own hands and I just start pitching these songs myself, even though that's my publisher's job. Not that I'm trying to take my publisher's job, but I just disagree. So it taught me a huge lesson, and that lesson is to be uh, to to the best of your ability, 100% self-contained, and never be at the mercy of somebody, especially in the music business. So. That taught me to put in extra hours, um, go to functions that I really didn't want to go to, but I would meet different people. And, you know, 
it's, it's one step at a time. You crawl, you walk, you run. Next thing you know, shoot, I know the producers. I know the labels. I know the, the managers. So instead of me going through my publisher, why don't I, if I believe in something, well, why don't I just go and set up the meeting and, and play it for myself? At least that way, you know, I can sleep at night with peace knowing, well, they just didn't hear it. But at least I got to step up and pick up the bat and, you know, and I swung for the fences and I didn't win every time, but I can tell you that the majority of the songs that I have had recorded over the years, um, though I was very thankful to have a publishing deal, most of those songs were cut because of, of me after hours figuring out how to get that song in front of the right person. Well, you so, um, I was going to say, that, that makes perfect sense, and we're, we're up against a break here, but, you know, the way I'm interpreting is is really just, you know, you go out there and, and, I mean, who can sell your story better than you? And, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or songwriter, you know, whatever the case is, uh, that's that's quite, uh, you know, quite a lesson there. So um, as we kind of wrap up this segment, you know, on, on the next uh, segment, we're going to be talking to uh, John Christopher Davis is here with us today, JCD. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of his favorite things and just get a little insight uh, from him on on uh, things that have made him successful, things he likes, how he gets rejuvenated along those, things along those lines. Right here on Texas Money and Business and the Ambitious Radio Network. Texas Money and Business underway today here are with uh, Ron Taylor and Doug Parker, your host, Ambitious Radio Network, and a great guest today, Doug. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, we do. We've got Christopher, I mean, excuse me, John Christopher Davis. You got three names here, JCD. John, thanks for, uh, for, for joining us today and, and spending time on the show. You know, uh, we just got done talking about taking things into your own hands and, and not, you know, waiting. I know you had a publishing deal and, and things along those lines, but when you had the opportunity to kind of pitch yourself and, and sing your songs and say, hey, I envision, I think you used Martina McBride as, as an example, I see her singing this song. Um, you know, who, who's going to pitch it better than you? And that's that's what it's really all about with entrepreneurism. You get outside the box. You have your dream, your vision about what you want to do, but you got to get out there and do it and not just wait for somebody else to do it for you. But there's a lot of things that, that shape and develop people. And in the, the uh, last couple of weeks, we've talked a couple of times about things that uh, kind of your favorite stuff. And I always like this segment of the show, but you talked about a book that you like. And when you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're hitting it hard. You're working tons of hours and doing a bunch of different things. And I can only imagine with the travel and such that you do. But a book that you said you liked was called Margin, Restoring Emotional, mm -hmm. Physical, Financial, and Time Reserves to Overloaded Lives by Richard Swenson. So let's talk about that. What were some of the things that you liked about it? Well, uh, I'm probably like a lot of entrepreneurs out there, uh, getting better at this, but just a perfectionist. And when you're a perfectionist, it's hard to let go of things. And, um, and also being an entrepreneur, it's, uh, you know, this, you kind of got to, you look for multiple, uh, revenue streams, not just one multiples. And it's like, well, okay, now stick a uh, family on top of that. Now stick, okay, I haven't worked out in three weeks on top of that, or I've got, you know, 50 emails to return. It's like, you know, it's, you, it's easy to become just on overload. And it, it absolutely takes a, you know, takes a toll on your health. And um, I just kind of got tired of being stressed out all the time. And um, I was listening to NPR 
and I heard about this book and um, had Richard, uh, the author, on the uh, radio show, and I thought, man, that's that sounds like a book I need to read, and it really just kind of it helped me emotionally to kind of just call a timeout on the field and kind of reevaluate everything and 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 prioritize uh, things. And for example, I could tell you uh, today, uh, you know, going out and walking or running for 30 minutes or lifting for 20 minutes, that's a big priority in my life. It was not a priority five years ago. It's like, uh, I don't have time for that. And, you know, it's like, man, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And uh, so I just kind of, that book kind of just helped me just to reevaluate everything, friendships, business partners, um, you know, you know, so many freaking ideas I have, but I can't chase all of them at the same time. It's like, man, you, you really need, you're better off. Behooves you to, you know, instead of chasing 10 things, why don't we, why don't we prioritize this and, and to three things and, and, but always keeping your family and your health, you know, up there at the top of the list. And if that means those three things now become two things or now they become one thing, well, well then so be it. There are only so many hours in the day, but I know one thing when I'm healthy and I get enough sleep and I've, I've had quality time with my wife and my daughter, no doubt in my mind, I do my job better. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. You know, uh, Zig Ziglar used to have a saying where he said that that people they want to be happy, healthy, and at least reasonably prosperous. And yeah. as entrepreneurs, you know, we're always shooting for the next deal and the other stream of income because it's it's kind of like this uh, paranoia of you know every season has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if something dries up, you want to have a contingency plan. But how much money is enough? But happy and healthy are two things that if you lose those, man, it is it is so tough. Now, one of the other quotes that you threw at me was a, a quote called, uh, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And, you know, I think it's an unknown uh, who, who was, the I guess, the author of that. But, um, man, I love that. That's fantastic because a lot of people are trying to fit in and different deals, and it just doesn't fit. You know, wh- what, how did you come up with that? I mean, are you, was that from playing somewhere and you're just like, you got booed off stage or something or what? You know what? No, my, my, uh, I know, I know I, that didn't I, happen. <laughs> well, it hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Not going wood, but I heard my mom say that to me many, many years ago. And I, I who knows who coined that phrase, but, uh, it just kind of, it just stuck on my brain. It's, and I, that's kind of a, a mantra. And I'm, I kind of live by it. I, and I tell other artists, you know, cause we all have, off nights and, and you know or we have nights where it's like my gosh i played and i sang better than i've ever done before and yet it didn't it didn't work and it, nobody was listening um so you know it's it's over the years you you uh, i call it finding your tribe and uh i've i've been fortunate enough to go okay this, i work really well in in these kind of rooms I don't work so well in those kind of rooms, and I'm totally okay with that. I cannot be all things to all people. So, you know, I'm going to take what I do, and I'm going to take it to my tribe, and then I'm going to leave it on the field every night. And, I'm, and again, boom, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Well, I, I love that, and I'm just, going to, I'm just going to say, we're going to put Mama Davis on that one and just say that's her quote. <laughs> just roll with that. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, cool. Love it. Love it. So, hey, let me ask you this. When it comes to mentoring, that's something that so many people, you know, they get out there for, you know, they're sometimes flying by the seat of their pants and they're trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But do you have anyone right now that is maybe mentoring you or, or someone that's at a high level in your profession you're following? Uh, not right now, although I have had almost my entire career. I mean, I'm I'm 47 now, so but I can say, yeah, all through my 20s, 30s, early 40s, there was always uh, I didn't necessarily seek them out. I think I don't know for whatever reason I was just kind of put in the path of of people that recognized what I was trying to do, and maybe they had a little more wisdom and insight and experience than me, and and they were nice enough to uh, you know share all that with me. And and now it feels pretty darn good to uh, kind of be that for other people, uh, up and coming, uh, singer songwriters who, because in this, you know, music business has changed so much. And I tell people, you know, this is, if you think this is a talent contest, you're completely fooling yourself. This is not, it doesn't work like sports. Best singer doesn't win. Best writer doesn't win. Best guitarist doesn't win. I wish it was like sports, but it's just not, it's a different it's a different day and time. I mean, now people are getting famous overnight, whether it's American Idol, The Voice, or, you know, putting up some kind of a controversial uh, YouTube video. Right. Um, so it's just a, it's a, so I, you know, I try to encourage people to, again, kind of what we said a minute ago about going when you're celebrated and, and not tolerated. But um, anyway, but no, I find myself now um, mentoring, uh, uh, there's a few people I can think of right now that because um, I just see so much potential and so much talent. And, and now you do, you really more than ever, you have to think like an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it any other way. So things like branding, you better, who are you? Well, you, you know, know what? From the what? I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you. That, that's actually great. That's going to tie into the next segment we're going into uh, right after the break. Because I'm going to talk about um, you know trademarking the role that it plays in entrepreneurship, and then how you turned uh, a little Texas attitude into a brand. So that was a, a perfect transition there. Uh, we've got John Christopher Davis here with us on the show today, and he is just a, a Texas entrepreneur to the bone, right here on Texas Money and Business and the Ambitious Radio Network. Oh, it is all about the money, the money, the money. Absolutely. Texas Money and Business, Ron Taylor with you, and your host is Doug Parker, Ambitious Radio Network. And Doug, a great guest today. Good to have you. Well, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ron. We've got John Christopher Davis here, JCD, and and he's a Texas artist and this does all kinds of cool stuff. And as we were kind of wrapping up the, the last segment, he had talked about in this day and age in the music business, you really have to be an entrepreneur. You have to have a brand. You have to promote it. It's not just about the most talented person. You've got to get out there and, and do a lot more. And I had to kind of jump into the break, but sorry to cut you off there, but let's, let's talk about that. I, I know that you have a brand that I've, I've heard really a lot about and, you know, it's, it's Texas attitude, but what, you know, let's talk about kind of the entrepreneurial spirit that you went out and trademarked it. And then you've done more than just, you know, put it on a logo or something. Tell us about what you did and how, how that, uh, how you came, came about the, uh, the trademark Texas attitude. Sure. Well, the trademark is um, it's called Lone Star Attitude, and it was born out of a song I wrote uh, many years ago. I was on a 
indie label called Paladur Records. And so when they released the album, the first song uh, they wanted to go to radio with was this song called Lone Star Attitude. The funny thing is, it's the last song I wanted them to go to radio with because it's, I don't feel like it really um, sums me up as a, as a singer-songwriter. It was just me being silly one night writing a, uh, you know, a three-chord honky-tonk song. And But uh, anyway, ended up becoming a hit here in Texas and stayed on the charts for several months. So naturally, when you have a hit song, you start printing up merchandise. And so I started printing up, uh, my manager and I at the time, I printed up some Lone Strategy t-shirts. And the t-shirts started selling really, really well off the stage. And, and then it dawned on me several months later, it's like, wait a minute, I don't think they're buying this because of the song. I think they're buying this because they like the phrase, Lone Star Attitude. It's kind of like accidentally writing the little brother to don't mess with Texas. And um, so I thought, hmm, I think maybe I'm on to something here. What, how can I get those three words in front of millions of eyeballs? And uh, my business partner and I at the time, we thought, hmm, DFW International Airport, greatest malls in America, <laughs> millions and millions of people passing through those terminals. And of course, I'd always seen Don't Mess With Texas shirts and coffee mugs and hats, et cetera, out there. So I found out uh, there's a company out of Atlanta called the Paradise Shops, and they pretty much own not all of it, but the huge portion of all airport real estate in the United States, whether you're in uh, Las Vegas or, or Houston or New York, it's those, the majority of that airport real estate is owned by Paradis and they're out of Atlanta. So uh, I got a meeting with them and flew to Atlanta and pitched them on the idea of uh, I, I, my original uh, goal was to have, I just wanted a kiosk just to kind of test it. Because I had these, you know, I had math to back up uh, my passion and the words monster attitude. And I thought they, they probably were humored <laughs> that a singer songwriter, you know, was coming to Atlanta and pitching them on this idea. It's probably something that doesn't happen every day. Well, uh, long story short, uh, they, they were intrigued. And just like every great success story, you know, uh, luck usually has a big chapter in that success story. And at the time, DFW International Airport, um, they were looking for a fresh Texas theme uh, for the largest space um, in Terminal C. Mm. So I happened to be at the right place at the right time with the right idea. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to have a little kiosk maybe to test it turned into having the largest store in Terminal C um, called Lone Star Attitude. And that one was so successful that they built another one in Terminal E. So um, that's kind of how I force gumped my way into <laughs> having airport stores at DW International based on a trademark of mine, Lone Star Attitude. That is unbelievable. Now, uh, I think you said maybe you've got uh, something else over in Denton. You, you got into the restaurant business as well, right? Uh, well, I I am involved in that. My business partner is is uh, Sparky Pearson. He's really more responsible for that than uh, than me. He, I'll never forget. Uh, he called me one day. He said, "Hey, I bought this. Uh, I bought this old uh, hamburger joint in downtown Denton." 
because um, the, uh, the I think it's like the oldest, maybe maybe at the time the oldest restaurant in Denton, and the original owner was he, he's tired, ready to hang it up, and and Sparky said, man, I just you know he grew up in Denton, so he's like, I mean, I don't want to see somebody come in and take this and you know turn it into something goofy. I want to I want to buy it and do something cool, and uh, and he's and Sparky is my uh, also, my business partner and Lunster Attitude, and he said, "Well, what, what if we called it LSA Burger Company?" I said, "Well, that's great, except I don't know anything about the restaurant business, bro." And he said, "Well, we'll, we'll figure it out." And I said, "Well, okay. To me, if you're going to do that, you need a story. This because look, we're in Texas. I can throw a rock and and hit a great burger joint anywhere from from where I'm standing. So you know." how do we separate ourselves from the pack? And that's, I've always had a, uh, a fascination for Texas music history. And uh, again, this goes back to being raised by, uh, you know, I had a mom and dad who were full-time musicians. And so I grew up in a house of Texas singer songwriters. So I had a, a pretty vast knowledge of, of our history from, from, you know, Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys to George Strait or Buddy Holly to Roy Orbison or Stevie Ray Vaughan to T-Bone Walker. I mean, the list goes Waylon, Willie, Freddie Fender. I mean, they just Janis Joplin, ZZ Top, Steve Miller. It's unreal, our history. So I thought, hmm, Denton's a music town. Why don't we tell a story through great real estate and great food and we tell the, the story of the history of Texas music. And that's how LSA Burger Company was born. And now it's uh, – we're, we're, last time I checked, the number one uh, – we do more food sales than anybody in Denton County. Um, you'll have to check me on that. But last time I checked, that was, that was, uh, that was a fact. So it's, a, it was, I mean, it's been a raging success. And um, quite a blessing for you know a couple of guys who um, really didn't know what they were doing, but it, the story and the real estate and the food it all kind of came together and and it connected. And since then we've just we've ended up in some of the coolest magazines in Texas, and now we have actually other cities courting us, going, "Oh my gosh, can you put one of these in our town?" And I thought, man, this is pretty cool. And I think the concept. I'm not saying the concept had everything to do with it, but I, I think it had a lot to do with it. And it's what separates us from other burger joints. Cause when you go to LSA burger company in downtown Denton, you will absolutely have an experience. It's like, wow, I had no idea all this history came out of Texas. It's such a phenomenal story. And I'm like, how come no one's ever told, told this story. Yeah, and that's I sometimes a, do it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to say that's, no, that no, is no. So, that, that's so interesting. You know, that, You've taken a Lone Star attitude from a, a song that you know, you know that that really um, wasn't the one you really kind of wanted to, to, to throw out there. It became the most popular, you know. Then you know from that came a trademark, and then from that becomes this uh, international airport situation. And now you've got a restaurant, and they're all tied together. But my favorite part about that story, to be honest with you, when you said Sparky, you asked him a question, he says, "We'll figure it out." That is the that is the uh, entrepreneur's uh, saying of choice. We'll figure it out. Hey, just let's get going, and then we'll figure it out. What are you gonna do? I don't know. We'll figure it out. So I love that. 
Well, he is. He is. Uh, I mean, he's he is the ultimate entrepreneur and, and uh, has been a great job. Uh, and he's also it's so funny. It's, he's kind of probably sharpened my entrepreneurial skills and I've probably amplified his artistic, uh, you know, kind of fan the flame of uh, there's, he's a very art, artistic guy and, it's, and a creative guy. And I just don't think he knew it. So that's the reason I think our, our partnership works so well together is uh we do two different things, but uh, you put them together. It's like whoo, a little dynamite. So uh, it's been a, it's, it's a blast. It's no, you couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't construct this story uh, in a million years. This is just, this is a combination of elbow grease, passion, uh, and, and, and luck. I'm just, yeah. can't luck, lie luck. about it. Luck, you know, right place, right time. Yeah. But, luck, luck. I was like, luck plays a huge, know. a huge role in, in so many things, but I found out that, you know, the, the harder that I work, the luckier I get. And uh, I can no tell that there's, that. there's no lack of, of hard work and what you got going on. Uh, right after break, we're going to be discussing some more. We've got John Christopher Davis here with us, and we're going to be talking about you know some interesting stories from him from his business over the years, and and just different things that really you know made him get to, in, into business for himself and become an entrepreneur. Uh, right here on Texas Money and Business and the Ambitious Radio Network. And thanks for joining us. Good to have you here for Texas Money and Business. And uh, Ron Taylor with you. Doug Parker, our host, of course, for Ambitious Radio Network and a compelling interview and a great guest. Doug? Yeah, thanks so much, Ron. It's always good to have you on the show and keep the flow going, keep us outside of the, the, the ditches there. Uh, we've got John Christopher Davis today, John CD. He's a Texas entrepreneur. He's got some Lone Star attitude. And, you know, when we were just talking about his, his most recent, uh, you know, ambitious enterprise with the uh, LSA uh, burger joint, uh, you know, when, when you kind of started doing some of those things, what, what, what really made you decide, um, you know, to, to be an entrepreneur? So, I mean, you know, you, you're a kid. I know you said your parents, you grew up, you had kind of this, this uh, decision to make at some point because, you know, you could go, you know, do whatever, flip burgers, you could start working, go to college, whatever. But then you decide, you know, I'm going to go uh, play music. How, do you remember making a conscious decision to do that? Well, I can say I, I've always I've blessed because I've always known what I wanted to do. I've never there's never been a day ever. I always I always knew uh, that I wanted to play music and make records and live in the studio, and that's still my passion at 47. It's uh, it's still what I love doing the most. And but I don't know if I made a uh, to become an entrepreneur. I can't say that I just woke up one day and said, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be you know." The Donald Trump of the music business. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a it's a it's a a combination of uh, of a I love to work and I learned a great work ethic from my dad. I worked my whole life when I was a, even before high school. I was working, so I, I I know I know what like what it what it means to sweep floors and wash dishes and so uh, work ethic passion i've just i've always been a passionate guy if i believe in something and um so and you know you put those two things together and pretty soon you kind of start getting a little traction and you know i never thought my 20s uh or 30s i was an entrepreneur i was just a you know singer songwriter it wasn't until i probably turned 40 that i'm like you know what i didn't mean to turn into this but i think this is i think i kind of am i mean i'm i'm self-employed i have 
you know, two or three different revenue streams here. And this is, this is pretty darn cool. I like this. <laughs> sure. Well, Hey, let me so, ask you this. If, if you could go back, you know, yourself today, you could go back 10 years and tell OJCD, the, the 37 year old, Hey man, you need to make sure you do X. What, what would that be? That's a great question. Uh, I would definitely say always show up. Yeah. <laughs> always show up because you never know who you are going to meet. I'll give you a great example. Just yesterday, less than 24 hours ago, I was doing a little private uh, thing for a friend of mine at the Gaylord Texan. And, uh, you know, I showed up and, and uh, I did my thing and I didn't really think anyone was really paying attention, but I was like, no, oh, that's okay. No big deal. Um, wasn't necessarily a concert. And then as I'm about to leave, a guy approaches me and he hands me his business card and come to find out he's the CEO of Red Lobster. What? And he said, I absolutely love that last song you were doing. Here's my card. Would you please email me? And so... <laughs> Yes, sir. I'll be more than happy to email you. It's nice to meet you. So my point is, always show up. You just never know. Even when you don't think you're connecting, you may be connecting with someone larger than life. Um, so I would definitely tell that 37-year-old, even when you know, oh, I don't want to go tonight, go. Go. Whether it's two people or 2,000 people, go because you just never know. You just never know who you're going to be performing for and how it's going to hit them. Well, so always show up. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Now, I will tell you, so so always show up. So you've got a bunch going on. You're an entrepreneur doing that. I, I get that 100%. But let's talk about kind of the other side of that of that coin for just a minute as we kind of are sure. drawing near to the end of the of the show here. You know, what do you do to recharge? Uh, well, my family is a big part of that. And I tried, I, I can't always do it, but on my nights off, I try my best to shut it down at six o'clock. And I guarantee you there are messages, uh, emails to return and, 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 uh, phone calls to make. And I just, now I'm, I'm shutting it down. My daughter's home. Uh, my wife is prepared dinner and I'm going to walk out of this office and I'm going to, I'm going to go spend time with my family. So I, that's a recharger for me. And then also working out. I mean, that, I can tell you for me how important that is to, to every morning get up and it's just a, it's a great way to start the day off. And I'm not really a morning person. I mean, you imagine I'm, I'm still the guy that gets home oftentimes at two in the morning, you know, but I'm on a, I'm on a seventh grader schedule. So, you know, six o'clock, boom, I'm up no matter what time uh, of the night I get in. So, but my family and, and, and working out, those, those, those really, uh, those two things really kind of keep me centered and, 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 uh, recharge my batteries. And, and also going back to what we said a minute ago, going where you're celebrated, not tolerated. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a pretty darn good feeling when people show up and they applaud your work. I mean, right. that that's a pretty good way to get your batteries charged. And, and also it's like, well, and this is where I'm supposed to be tonight. I'm in the right place at the right time. And, and um, you know, you put all those things together, and it makes for a, a pretty rewarding life. Yeah, it's good to be loved and wanted, that's for sure. So you talked about the mm -hmm. last question I'm going to have for you is you talked about, you know, what time you get up every morning, and sometimes you go to bed at different times. 
how much sleep does it take for you to really operate at, at your at your peak every night? Well, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, probably like a lot of guys out there, the older you get, you probably require less sleep. Um, and I, I've certainly learned that about myself. But I also, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, my diet and the fact that I, I, I exercise. Therefore, if there are nights where I only get five hours of sleep or four hours of sleep, I can still perform. I can still get up there and, 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 uh, you know, bring some heat and leave it all out on the field. But I don't think I could have done that, um, maybe 10 years ago. So it's so funny. I feel like I'm, I'm sharper, healthier, uh, and certainly more successful at 47 than I was at 37. And, uh, I hope I can say the same thing at 57. So, um, I'm just a work in progress, but so far so good by the grace of God. Absolutely. Well, that's that's fantastic. You talked about diet, and that's a, a big part of you know everything. I mean, what you put in is what you know it nourishes and feeds your body. And you know, so many people, I'm I'm guilty that I eat terrible, but uh, but somehow I'm I'm able to to maintain a, a decent size, decent weight, and what have you. But you know, when you're really you know burning the candle at both ends, you mentioned diet, you mentioned exercise, balance, spending time with the family, getting recharged, and those are all things that when you're a hard charging entrepreneur. The things that make you so good, not taking no for an answer, going and making it happen. You talked about, you know, kind of going around the producer, uh, I mean, not the producer, but the uh, promotions uh, uh, folks and going straight to them. What makes you good? It also can be a weakness if you're not careful because you're so hard charging. You know, you're eating a granola bar, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon, you haven't eaten anything else <laughs> I mean, or whatever the case is. Yeah. So it, it can it can really, really get to you. Now, if someone wanted to to get in touch with you, and, and they maybe wanted to, to book you or something along those lines, how, how would they go about getting in touch with you? I guess the best way is just go to the website and, and somebody will get in touch with them, uh, which is John, J-O-N, Christopher Davis.com. J-O-R, just Google it, J-O-N, Christopher Davis.com. And you won't have any problem finding me. And, uh, Got it. Yeah, I would love to. That yeah. is fantastic. Well, I, I personally, like I said, went to a, sh- uh, a show a while back and very entertaining, great discussion. And, and you had a, a very talented young lady that was there with you that was, I think, playing a, a violin or a, maybe it was a fiddle, yeah. depending on, I guess, the the uh, context of the music. But it was a really a fantastic show and entertaining. And it was, you know, maybe 30 people or 40 people, something like that. But it was just such a a kind of a, a neat environment that I really hadn't seen a lot of that in the past, but it looks like that's, that's kind of what's coming, you know, coming nowadays is, is people doing these shows and, and, and little private back, uh, yeah. back door mm-hmm. or, or back porch, I should say type stuff. Well, they're called house concerts and it's for, it's for people, especially, you know, our age who are like, okay, I do not want to get home at 12 or one in the morning. And, you know, and I don't want to be around, you know, a bunch of rowdy, drunks so a lot of times people just say you know what i'll do a house concert and i'll invite my friends their tribe and put on these intimate performances where you can really connect with the audience and tell stories and and it's i it's so funny you're right probably had 30 people that night but i tell you it's a far for me it's a far smarter way to build a fan base because those are 30 true connections right real connections you get your hook in a lot deeper yeah, uh, doing doing house concerts. So that's kind of what I've, I've taken on. I do a lot of corporate events too, but 
um, house concerts. Those, those are soul scratchers, man. I love those. Yeah, it was, it was really a good time and, and touching. And, you know, as we wrap up the show, I just want to tell you, thanks so much. Today we've got John Christopher Davis, Texas entrepreneur, songwriter, Americana singer. I mean, this guy really uh, is entertaining and, and has a great story. Appreciate uh, you being on the show today. And um, if you uh, missed anything on the show, we're going to put it on, on the website on ambitiousradio.com with some of the books we discussed, those types of things. Like us on Facebook, the Ambitious Radio Network. And if you're just catching in the show, you want to go back and listen to it. We do have a podcast on iTunes, so go check it out. And want to, once again, want to thank our sponsors. Uh, Ambitious Radio could not do it without you. FreeElectricityDFW.com, All3Reports.com. That's all the number three reports with an S.com. And RepairMyCreditNow.com. Uh, tune in Wednesdays on Texas Money and Business from 10 to 11 Central. And right here on the Ambitious Radio Network, next week we're going to have James Coleman with the Online Edge. He is a social media genius, and this guy is going to tell us all about marketing on the Internet, online, social media, all those kinds of things. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. Go out there and be ambitious. for listening to Texas Money and Business on 1160 AM KVCE. Tune in weekdays at 10 AM to hear more leading experts giving you all the information you need to know on Texas Money and Business.